0: This is the third episode of the Richards Report series on behavioural economics and the last episode where I'm chatting with Harvard Business School Associate Professor John Bashiris. I hope that you enjoyed the first two episodes and if you're joining us now, you're welcome to stay and keep listening but it's probably best to start at episode one of the mini-series so you can understand the process of how we make decisions and why we're hardwired with the biases that we all have. In episode two, we discuss confirmation bias and why we overweight small probabilities happening and uh, discuss projection bias too. This episode, we're going to continue on with the discussions. You all know John by now and uh, apparently so much, I'm just referring to him by his first name. Anyway, I'm sure you you know how lucky we are to have him for this discussion. This episode is brought to you by Six Park, Australia's leading digital investment advisor. If part of your New Year's resolution for 2019 are to sort out your finances or to start an investment portfolio, then go to sixpark.com.au, click Try Sixpark Now, and for free, you can see how the investment portfolio Sixpark would be set up for you. Okay, with no further ado, let's get straight back into my chat with John.
1: You're listening to The Richards Report, where we will speak with investment experts from around the country. We will cut through the jargon to allow you to make more insightful investment decisions for your future. This is The Richards Report.
0: Uh, Moving along to recency bias. And... um... Mm. Can you give us a bit of insight as to, it, as to what this is? And we may have already touched on some points, but possibly some examples too.
1: Yeah, no. So so recency bias, I think, again, uh, I'm hoping through our discussion of these various biases, they, they start to seem intuitive and maybe people start to feel, oh, I, I, I can recognize that in some of my own behavior, some of my own thinking. Recency bias quite simply means that events that have occurred in the in the more recent past tend to get more weight in our judgments about um, the way the world works than things that have happened further in the past uh so if we're evaluating a uh, company whose uh whose stock we're, we're thinking about purchasing people are going to tend to put a lot of weight on well gosh uh they had a great uh great earnings report in the in the last quarter i'm really excited about it i think they're doing good things and sure enough uh you know that that could be a sign of good things, but it might be uh, might be wise to look at the the longer run track record for for a company before uh, before putting a, a lot of faith in, in in a purchase of their stock because a longer run view can of course give you a little bit of a sense of not only well you know were they able to cobble together a, a great quarter most recently but are they able to do so consistently. Um, what is the quality of the leadership team? Do they seem to have uh, practice and and a pipeline for innovative products, et cetera? So, um, so recency bias, I think, can can get us to be a little bit overreactive to things that have happened um, yesterday or last week or, or or last month, where it's often going to be in uh, in your best interest. You're just going to have a, a more accurate prediction of what's going to happen in the future if you look not only at the most recent data point, but uh, go back a little bit, a little bit further and and, and try to make sense of the broader pattern.
0: I am. Um, I apologize here. Cause I might lose you with this example that I'm going to mention, but my father-in-law is a big uh, Melbourne demons football club fan. And mm-hmm. um, gee, you know, they have one win and he thinks that they're the best team in the competition. They're going to win the premiership. <laughs> so I, yep, I, I get yep. on my high horse and I tell him it's nothing but recency bias. And I think, um, it doesn't <laughs> resonate too well with him but i uh, i think the example that you use is much better about um, in particular about equities and reporting season and a, yeah. a company may miss estimated earnings by slightly and uh, the the share price can get hit hard but the underlying right. i guess aspects of the business are actually still yeah, long run fundamentals yep. yep how does recency bias differ from present bias as they kind of do mm. sound somewhat similar but they're quite <laughs> different
1: agreed Yes, yes, yes. No, and uh, so I agree. They sound quite similar, and, and they both have this time element to them. Um, so, so recency bias is is really about how we process information, uh, process data that's available to us, uh, and and make judgments about what's going to happen going forward, or how we feel about um, an object or, or something. Uh, whereas present bias is really more about making decisions that have consequences, costs and benefits to us that unfold uh, from now and into the future. So what present bias means is we place disproportionately high weight on costs and benefits that accrue in the present moment today, right here, right now, relative to costs and benefits that are going to hit us at some point in the future. And there's really just this big drop-off in the amount of weight that we place on, on these, these different costs and benefits when we move from today to tomorrow, or we, when we move from today to really any point in, uh, in the future. Whereas we tend to think about, um, costs and benefits that are going to hit us in two years versus three years as well. That's kind of all the vague distant future. So that's all kind of the same. Um, and, and this is, uh, you know, uh, actually a very powerful explanation for a lot of the uh, counterproductive behaviors that we as humans engage in. Uh, so my, my favorite example, um, mostly because it, it's, uh, it hits home, this is a description of my life, is well, why, do I not, why do I not ever go out and exercise and get to the gym? Um, well, it sounds good, In general, to get to the gym, you know, there are all these health benefits from exercise, it improves my mood, it improves my mental acuity, I'm going to be um, having a longer life if I can keep up a keep up an exercise habit. You can tell, of course, that all of those benefits that I just mentioned from exercise are going to come to me in the future. In the present moment, I'm going to need to engage in a, you know, for a good number of people, a kind of unpleasant activity. You know, I, I, I need to exert all this effort. I'm going to tire myself out. It takes a lot of willpower to, uh, to go on the treadmill or the elliptical machine or, or whatever it is and, and really stick with it and, and work yourself hard. You're going to get all sweaty. It'd be much more fun to just sit on the couch right now and eat potato chips and watch television or something like that, right? So, so that's an example where exercise involves costs in the present moment, but has all these benefits in the future. So present bias says we're, we're going to not engage in as much exercise as, uh, as in some sense we should. Uh, but of course, if we think about exercising in the future, well, that's a great idea. I'll definitely start my exercise habit in, in, in the future. Oh, yeah, course.
0: Everyone agrees to that.
1: <laughs> and so, you know, why, why is that the case? Why does present bias say that we'll sign up to, uh, to exercise at, at some point in the future. Well, now both the costs, the effort I have to exert and, uh, the, the opportunity cost of not being able to sit on the couch and watch television is in the future and all the benefits are in the future. So they're, they're kind of both downweighted uh, in the present bias way of, of thinking about things. And, and therefore they're more on equal footing. And you see that, well, on net actually exercise is quite good for you. Now, I commit today to exercise tomorrow and the next day and the day after that. Of course, when when tomorrow arrives, the first type of logic that I went through is going to apply where the costs are now and the benefits are in the future. So I'm going to continuously put off and sort of renege on my commitments to myself to to get to the gym. And so, you know, that's... um, that's that's not only what the theory says. That pretty accurately describes my exercise record.
0: I find that hard to believe. I know I know you love your tennis too, but um, that's <laughs> I, I, true. It's true. I think of it as like someone that's um, got two decisions to make. They've got a certain amount of money. They're either going to buy a new car where you get um, immediate benefits, or maybe set up an yeah, investment yeah. portfolio where um, unless you really enjoy paperwork and filling out forms, there's no immediate benefits. (laughs) There's only costs in terms of um, what the money that you have to spend and the benefits come in the future. So so as John mentioned, these two biases sound quite similar, but they're actually quite different. With recency bias, things that happen more recently actually get more weighting in our decision-making process. With present bias, we place more weight to outcomes that provide us a benefit now compared to a benefit at some point in the future. I feel this is really important at this time of year for many reasons. So at the time of recording, it's pretty much in the middle of summer, so when you're six beers in and you may be influenced by present bias where you put more emphasis on the next beer than say your levels of energy the next morning and your willingness to get up early I'm certainly guilty of this at times and my three-year-old son has made me pay dearly the next morning. I told my wife I was just affected by present bias but she wasn't um, she wasn't too sympathetic probably should have pointed out to her that she's just affected by recency bias um okay enough about that move on okay on to new year's resolutions they all sound good and achievable especially when it's still only 31st of december and you're a few drinks in but when will you seriously receive the benefits to these new year's resolutions that you're planning say your resolution is to get fit in 2019 well it may take quite a few weeks to see the benefits of your training but you will incur the costs immediately, especially if it incurs getting up at 5.30am on the first Monday and working hard on a roll machine. And I haven't even started on the soreness too. So sorry to put a bit of a dampener on this, but this bias, this powerful present bias, will work against you and your ability to maintain this attitude to your new year's resolutions so what should you do about it there's no easy fix but just be aware of it and keep chipping away even though you won't get the immediate benefits that you may get for say um, having a sleep in or the benefits you even get from um, eating a donut personally one of my new year's resolutions for 2019 is that i want to learn how to touch type and i'm i'm pretty embarrassed that i can't do this I've got some pretty busted up fingers from football that look like a packet of twisties and one of my fingers is even fused now. But I think that's just an excuse I use. If I, I, I Deep down I know if I apply myself that I, I, th- I know I can do it. The thing is, I will incur the cost straight up. I will be sitting at my desk in January tapping away on some of the most frustrating sentences that some touch typing program will be telling me to write and I'm aware that I won't see the benefits for quite a long period of time. Anyway that's enough about me. Let's wrap it up with John. John, I just want to say thanks so much for uh, for taking the time. I am uh, based over in Boston and I know it's quite, quite late in the night for you, so I really appreciate this. Oh no, it's a pleasure, Ted. My pleasure. Thanks for giving us your time. All right, that's it for this episode. As always, the information discussed is for educational purposes only and does not qualify as investment advice, nor does it qualify as New Year's resolution advice too. Three episodes into my behavioural economics mini-series, one to go. Be sure to subscribe to The Richards Report wherever you get your podcasts from. That way you get not just the next episode with Michael Norton, but you also get the back catalogue too. I'm Ted Richards. See you next time on The Richards Report.